Living God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be ever pleasing in your sight. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. You've got to imagine when the chief Pharisee this morning opens Jesus's RSVP to the dinner. Oh man, he's coming again. The opening of the text tells us that they are watching him closely. They can't trust Jesus. The question is not what if he misbehaves. The question is when will he misbehave? It's almost as if Jesus is that relative that we all have that we have to keep an extra eye on at holiday parties. This is the relative who orbits the wine table like a bee at a barbecue. This relative always makes us nervous, especially as it gets later. We watch her or him with a special sort of attention, especially as the night grows later. On the one hand, their stammering about totally diminishes their credibility, and yet on the other, their lack of social restraint is utterly foreboding, because you never know what they are going to say, and you know that what they do choose to say will probably be unsettling. I wonder if the Pharisees watch Jesus like we watch this relative. Nervous, anxious, fearful, and a little annoyed. What is underneath this fear? I'll tell you one thing. This said person might bring up one of those family secrets, one of those truths about mom or dad or you, and your entire identity might be dragged through the mud. I wonder if Jesus was like this to the Pharisees, Old Uncle Jesus, who comes to the party and hangs out by the wine. And you, know, you never know what kind of trouble he's going to get into. It's not accidental to his character that people in Luke's gospel call him a glutton and a drunkard. It's sometimes been said that if someone came up to you in the street and whispered, they've found out, run. Nine out of 10 of us would. I think this is one of the deepest fears in all of us, the thought that we might be exposed. When we fear someone may know something about us and may have access to some of the spare bedrooms in our soul where we store some of our junk, run. In this morning's gospel, there are hosts and there are guests, and Jesus tells them two parables about party etiquette. These are great images, and Jesus in both taps into many dimensions of social propriety. But perhaps the root issue of these situations is a fundamental social anxiety. In both instances, you open up yourself to that most unsettling of phenomena, 
shame. We can't handle being exposed. Run. So you are the host. I just see Katie and I now. We clean the bathroom, clean the kitchen, but it shouldn't be too clean. We don't want them thinking that we're OCD. Clean off the coffee table, throw away the US weeklies, and put a fun yet serious book there. Ideally one that NPR has recently featured, <laughs> but one we would love others to know we are reading. For me, the anxiety sounds like this. Katie, darling, I need this place to look like a dignified and yet totally likable priest lives here. <laughs> she gives me a look as if I have just asked her to locate and procure the Holy Grail. <laughs> and we haven't even started talking about the food yet. And of course, the same is true for the guest. You are on someone else's turf, entering another person's kingdom. Can you bring wine as a gift? They do drink, right? Shoes on or off? Who else is coming? That's the big one for me. I hope there is someone there who is into the sports I like and the books I read. If there isn't, I want to know beforehand so that I can bring two bottles of wine. <laughs> what do you fear more at parties like this? Saying the wrong thing and sounding culturally illiterate? Or not having anything at all to say and feeling dull? For me, feeling dull is the absolute pits. Lord, I'll do anything for you. Just don't let me appear. How would you finish that sentence? We've all been there. We've all been asked about our marriage, which if we were honest, would have to admit is in a desert place. We get asked that question that we ask one another so mechanically, what do you do? And we have to explain that we are out of work or that we, despite our deepest hopes in life, are totally unfulfilled. We get asked how our kids are doing, and this time the same script that we normally use proves too thin, and it takes everything in us not to burst out. They've been in college like four days, and all I want to do is drive over there and take them out for ice cream. We've all been there. We feel that question asked and that light bulb held over that tender, fragile part of our lives that we wish we could forget about. We have been exposed. And there, without any defenses, as naked as Adam and Eve in the garden, everything in you scrambles to cover your nakedness. We find our bodies either bolting for the door or for the wine table. Either way, you've been found out. Run. The Pharisees' party was just like this. It was a party with anxious hosts 
and uneasy guests. But everyone, the entire room, was gripped in self-conscious anxiety about being exposed. And here's the problem with this kind of party. It's not a party. No one is having fun. It's a game about who can most successfully tiptoe around the eggshells of shame. Invite the poor, and the cripple, and the lame, and the blind, comes the voice. And of course, everyone writes him off. There goes drunk Uncle Jesus again. No, no, invite the poor. Invite the lame and the blind, he says. Eh, he's been saying that for a while now, the Pharisees think to themselves. And he has. This has been Jesus' message the entire Gospel of Luke. He hangs out with sinners and tax collectors. If you want to find Jesus in Luke's Gospel, go to the train tracks, or the overpass, or the strip club. But the Pharisees don't listen. They can't listen. The decibels of their own righteousness, of their own anxiety, are cranked so high. And misbehaving Jesus says it again at this party. Invite them, invite them, invite them all. The sinners, the prostitutes. Invite those with disabilities. Invite those who are shamed. Invite the liars. Invite Ryan Lochte. <laughs> Invite Ryan Lochte for crying out loud. Doesn't everyone know? Don't you get it? We are all alike. We are all poor and all crippled and all lame and all blind, and we are all invited. There's no posturing here. I don't want plaster saints, he says. I want people. And just like that, Jesus has revealed humanity's great secret. But unlike other family secrets, this is one that just so happens to be the most liberating news in all the world. Don't we all desire a party where we can be recognized just as we are? A party where we don't have to showcase a trophy self? A party that can just be a party? A party where we don't have to worry about the odd relative? We're all a little odd. A party where we don't have to worry about how much each other has drank? We're all a little tipsy. We're all a little unfulfilled in our lives. And for heaven's sake, we're all a little dull. Let me just say that when the world comes and whispers in your ear that awful secret that undoes you, you know what I'd say? Go ahead and run. Run away. Run as fast as you can. Run to the wine table, the true wine table, and you will find Jesus. You probably won't have to say anything. He'll see it on your face. He'll understand, and he'll know exactly where to take things from there. Amen.